0: Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. TV series to shoot in town by Joanna K. Zavales. The filming of the series Defending Jacob is taking place throughout the state, including Belmont. Work officially kicked off in Hudson on April 1st and will be setting up camp soon on Ivy and Rutledge Roads beginning April 26th, then continuing April 29th through May 3rd. Actor Chris Evans, originally from Sudbury, known for his role as superhero Captain America, is the star of the Apple TV series produced by Paramount Television, based on the book of the same name by William Landay. The book centers around a father dealing with the ramifications of his 14-year-old son being accused of murder. Landay's novel was on the New York Times bestseller list for nine months. His novel is a page-turning, stomach-clenching exploration of family and a disturbing look into today's society, according to Chevy Stevens, another New York Times best-selling author. Other stars in the series include Michelle Dockery from Downton Abbey and Jaden Martell, previously credited as Jaden Liberher, It and Masters of Sex. The TV crew filmed in Hudson on April 1st and has since moved on to Worcester. Filming will continue on Nader Common and in Framingham on April 10 and 11. Location manager Ryan Cook said the main character's house will be on Ivy Road, which represents quintessential New England. The set will be located at 16 Ivy Road, which is the home of the show's main character, played by Evans. Cook said that they will be doing exterior filming for 14 hours each day on Ivy Road, beginning on April 26th and continuing April 29th through May the 3rd, going until midnight on each of the Fridays, and one day of filming for two to three hours during the day on April 29, and at 6 Rutledge Road for a scene involving a garbage truck, which will travel around the corner towards Lawrence Lane. Preparation for the filming will begin two weeks prior, Dumpsters and porta-parties will be delivered, generators, cable, and lighting will be set up, and much more. The prep crew of 85 people will park at St. Paul Lutheran Church on the Concord Turnpike. The base camp, with about 60 crew members and actors, will be set up at St. Camilla's Parish in Arlington uh, on Concord Turnpike. Cook said he will communicate with residents and offer payment if their house will be involved in any of the scenes or parking is impacted. The road will be closed and manned by police details during filming. However, residents will be given passes to gain access. He said his ultimate goal is for people to feel involved and satisfied. He said there will be a 24-hour complaint line. He assured the selectmen he would work with the neighborhood and blackout, uh, blackout windows if required so homeowners aren't bothered by the light. Cook said he recognizes residential neighborhoods are challenging to film in, especially at night. He believes he can solve any problem and work with the community. The crew will also label and move trash and recycling bins to the end of the road on collection day on April 29 and return them to the owners after they are collected so the trucks will not need to drive on the block streets. And now on to my colleague, Claire.
1: Thank you, Bob. Belmont World Film announces programs for spring 2019. Belmont World Film will present three spring programs at the Studio Cinema, 376 Trapello Road, Belmont, and West Newton Cinema, 1296 Washington Street, West Newton. BWF's 18th Annual International Film Series will run seven weeks, from March 17 to April 29th at the Studio Cinema and will feature the area premieres of seven top international films. Check that film from May 19th to the 20th, featuring the three films in Czech director Jan Rebeck's Oscar nominee Divided We Fall Garden Store Trilogy, followed by discussions with the director at the West Newton Cinema and World Refugee Month from June 10 to the 24th, which includes four films from refugees in Brazil, Italy, France, Switzerland, and the Mediterranean Sea, screened at the Studio Cinema. Three films were their country's Oscar submissions for the 2019 Best Foreign Language Film. One film was nominated for an Oscar and three films were directed by women. Belmont World Films' 18th annual international film series, Making Peace, features seven top international films, many of which premiered and won awards at the world's major film festivals, followed by thought-provoking discussions led by expert speakers about the cultures portrayed in the films. Screenings will take place at 7.30 p.m. Mondays. The opening and closing night films will be preceded by an optional dinner reception at the theater from 6 to 7 p.m. The films in our 18th annual international film series portray individuals experiencing challenges that are either universal or, in some cases, culturally specific. Some are constrained by their societies, others by personal circumstance said BWF Executive Director Ellen Gittleman. From a child bride in Hendi and Hormoz to a young widow in Sur, they demonstrate the ability of the human spirit to make peace with the world and with itself. The rest of the international film series lineup includes April twenty second, Hendi and Hormoz, directed by Abizam Amini, New England Premier, an official selection at the Berlin Film Festival. April 29th, Sir, directed by Rohina Jara. East Coast Premier, winner of the Ghan Foundation at Cannes Film Festival, preceded by an optional dinner featuring Indian cuisine from 6 to 7 p.m. at the theater. From May 19th to 20th at the West Newton Cinema, Belmont World Film would host the Boston Addiction of edition of Check That Film, a 21 city festival held in the US and Canada from April through August that features the best new films from the Czech Republic. The program features three films in Czech director's Jan Herebek Garden Store trilogy. Herebek will participate in a question and answer after all three films. May 19th will feature two films covering stories during and immediately after World War II, Family Friend at 2 p.m. and Deserter at 7.30 p.m. Souter, the final film in the trilogy, will be screened at 7.30 May 20th. From June 10 to 24, Belmont World Film observes World Refugee Month with four films sponsored by Belmont Against Racism. Now, over to Max.
2: Thanks, Claire. What's Next for Jesse Bennett by Joanna Kate Zovellis The three-way race for the selectman seat in this year's town election between Jesse Bennett, Roy Epstein, and Timothy Flood is one many people in Belmont may be talking about for a while. Some may remember it as a contentious race between candidates campaigning on their varying experiences and skills. Some may remember it as a, the race where one candidate, Flood, was bullied by anonymous letters and emails. And some may remember it as the race where a woman, Bennett, a member of the LGBT community with highlighted purple hair and bright pink sweaters, almost won. After several weeks of campaigning door-to-door, distributing lawn signs, delivering her message to potential voters at public and private events, Bennett lost by 128 votes on April 2nd. Although she won six out of eight precincts, including precincts 2, 3, 4, 5, and 7 and Roy Epstein's home precinct, uh, precinct 8. Epstein won Precinct 2, 442-208, and Precinct 8, 446-309. Flood came in third with 136 votes and was written in as a town meeting member filling the two-year seat for his home precinct, Precinct 5. The morning after the election, Bennett attended a Belmont High School traffic working group meeting. She said she didn't feel down as some would expect her to. The night she learned she would not be the fourth select woman in Belmont's history, Bennett said she was surrounded by people she loves and respects at the home of a friend. She wishes the voter turnout was higher compared to state elections, although she believes there were a lot of people who voted who don't normally vote during town elections. The voter turnout in Belmont was almost 30%. Bennett said she is very proud of the results she got with the hard work of volunteers who are passionate about the town, care about its future, and share her vision for what Belmont can be. She sees her campaign as a success. She quoted Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So often in life, things that you regard as an impediment turn out to be a great good fortune. Setbacks in life are not new to Bennett. She said she did not have an easy road to getting an education due to financial challenges. She said she has a non-traditional family which comes with its own challenges. We handle them by being true to ourselves and providing the love and support within our community but also in our extended family. Now that the election is over, Bennett will continue working as a member of the Transportation Advisory Committee, BHS Traffic Working Group, as a board member for the Foundation of Belmont Education and Belmont After School Enrichment Collaborative She said the campaign for Select Women was a pause in all that work where she threw her energy into a broader discussion. It allowed her to think and speak more deeply about some of the other issues in town that she thinks are very important and are dear to her. M- Bennett believes her campaign advanced the conversation in town about how the town works with the community, how to improve the communication between the leadership and mm-hmm. the citizens, and how to build to continue building on collaborations that are working. She heard from people in the community about what it meant to be a woman running, a woman running, and a member of the LGBT community running. Many people told her they never would have seen this 10 years ago, and things have changed in this town. Bennett's campaign manager, Lori Graham, said she was very encouraged by the outcome of the race. She said people who weren't engaged in town politics really caught on to Bennett's campaign. Graham also said she is glad they were able to show people there are different kinds of experience, which is important in terms of leadership. Bennett said she doesn't know if she'll run again. She has her eye on ways she can serve the town over the next few years. She would like to help with communications, improving the town website, and resources available for community outreach. Over to you, Bob.
0: Thank you, Max. Local Celebrities Sweep the Community Off Their Feet by Joanna K. Zavala. For many who couldn't imagine State Senator William Brownsberger dancing to Lady Gaga's Poker Face, or town administrator Patrice Gavin doing a hip-hop routine to Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling, Dancing with the Belmont Stars turned those visions into reality on April the 5th. The sold-out fundraiser, organized by the Belmont Women's Club to benefit the historic 1853 William Flag Homer House, featured 10 local celebrities dancing competitively against each other with the help of professional instructors from the Fred Astaire Dance Studios. The panel of three judges, comedian Jimmy Tingle, USO performer Sylvia Whitney, and former owner of Frankie's Fish, Frankie selli voted in favor of town clerk Ellen O'Brien Cushman as the first place winner. Cushman danced swing to Crazy Little Thing Called Love with Fred, with Fred Astaire instructor Iskvan Servan. I must admit, I was totally shocked to win the judge's award. There were some wonderful energetic performances by the nine other participants. The Belmont Woman, Women's Club and the Fred Astaire Dance Studio of Belmont were terrific. They made it easy for all of the participants, wrote Cushman, in an email to the Citizen Herald. Becca Pisa proved she can not only run, but she can also merengue. She won the fan-favorite prize for her show-stopping routine with Christopher Ule, Master of Ceremonies' Candy O'Terry, known for her 25-year stint with Magic 106.7, kept the audience entertained throughout the evening, and even surprised everyone by singing a solo version of Crazy, made famous by Patsy Cline. The event chairwoman, Maria Papadopoulos, began planning with her committee in November. My favorite part of this year's event was watching the community come together, cheer, laugh, and smile at every performance while promoting the Belmont Women's Club and our mission to preserve the Homer House, she said. Belmont Women's Club co-president, Wendy Murphy, was pleased with the support the event received and the money raised, which is approximately $20,000. I've heard only rave reviews, mostly along the lines of how much fun it was to come together as a community and just enjoy an evening of music and dance together, said Murphy. Each celebrity participant took five lessons at the Fred Astaire Dance Studios to prepare for the competition. In addition to Brownsberger, Garvin, Cushman, and Pisa, other dancers were Belmont Fire Lieutenant Brian Corsino, Belmont Police Sergeant Paul Cowing, Middlesex District Attorney Marion Ryan, Council on Aging Director Nava Niv Vogel, and Belmont High School Principal Dan O'Brien, and retired Selectman Mark Paolillo. And now over to my colleague, Claire. Thanks, Bob.
1: First girls joined the boys in Scouts B.S.A. The annual ceremony was held on April 3rd by uh, Diane McLaughlin. For the first time in the nearly 80-year history of Belmont's Cub Scout Troop 377, the annual ceremony where Scouts advanced to the next level included girls. Fifth graders, Kira Van Kelstead, Marlena Loyal, and Amy Wu Sokonan are the first Belmont girls to cross over from the Weebelows II level of Cub Scouts to Scouts BSA, formerly the Boy Scouts program. They were among the more than 60 Cub Scouts attending the annual Blue and Gold Banquet on April 3rd in the Function Hall of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints Chapel. In 2017, the Boy Scouts of America voted to allow girls into the Cub Scouts, the program for children in first through fifth grades. The program for children aged 11 to 17, the recently renamed Scouts BSA, began allowing girls this year. In addition to the three fifth graders, seven girls joined the Wolf Scout program for second graders. Cub Scout Troop 377 was founded in 1940. Ramon Kolb has served as Cubmaster since 2015 and will retire this year after his son Lucas completes the Weebelows program. Kolb told the Belmont Citizen Herald that he and other scout leaders have been talking about allowing girls into the program for years. We went in feet first, no questions asked, Kolb said. We've treated the girls like all the rest. Cub Scouts and Scouts BSA offer a different program compared to Girl Scouts. Kolb said he did not see the Cub Scouts as competing with the Girl Scouts for members, but rather giving girls more options. Girl Scouts of the United States of America has expressed concerns about the Boy Scouts of America's decision to admit girls and filed a lawsuit in the fall of 2018, in part alleging trademark infringement. Weebelos, or We'll Be Loyal Scouts too, is the highest level of Cub Scouts. Children at each level are separated into dens for boys and girls. Amy's mother, Julie Wu, is the den leader for the Weebelos girls. She said the girls separately did some activities the boys had already completed during previous Cub Scout levels. For most other activities, Wu said the boys' den leader, Caesar Naples, had the children do activities together. It was nice because the leader of the boys' den and the cub master were very supportive of us integrating, Wu said. Shilpa Lawande was the girls' den leader for second graders, the wolf level. She said the girls' den met separately once or twice a month and then joined the boys for activities once a month. Scouting is often a family activity. Lawande's husband, Nitin Sonawani, will become the new cub master after Kolb's term ends. Their daughter, Kiara, is a cub scout. Even though Malena is in her first year of scouting, she already knew about many activities from accompanying her brother on the troop outings. While women have served as scout leaders in the past, more women have been getting involved. Serving as an assistant scout master with Kinzinger is Teresa Chick, whose son is in the boys' troop. She recently attended a weekend training program at the New England Base Camp in Milton with 28 women to help them learn the scouting skills they will need to teach girls. Chick said she had never done many of the activities, including throwing a hatchet, and some women had never been camping or set up a tent. Now, here's Max.
2: Thanks, Claire. The flood risk we haven't been talking about an editorial by Senator William Brownsberger. A lot of attention has been given to the flooding that would result if rising sea levels lead to the overtopping of the dams at the mouths of the Charles and Mystic Rivers. Until recently, no one was talking about what high water could do to the dams themselves. The New Charles River Dam and the Amelia Earhart Dam are both about 50 years old. They serve similar functions for the Charles and Mystic respectively. They regulate the water level in the lower basin of both rivers to a level that roughly equates to mid-tide in the harbor. Under normal conditions, gates close at high tide to keep the ocean from raising the water level in the basins. At low tide, the river flows in the basin. The river that flows in the basin is allowed to drain out. The dams are both equipped with a set of massive pumps to throw the river flow over the walls into the ocean in case rain-driven flooding coincides with high tide. These pumps have been adequate to handle all the storms we've had over the last 50 years. The dams were built to keep out the highest ocean water levels that had ever been observed to date, the flood of 1851, plus another foot and a half. Their decks sit at about 8 feet above normal high tide level, 118 MDC datum, roughly two feet higher than the highest more recently measured storm surge levels, the blizzard of 78 and the January 2018 storm. That level seems awfully safe when the dams were built, but with rising seas it is now recognized that by the latter part of this century there will be a material risk in any given year that the ocean will surge over and around these dams. The flows associated with ocean storm surge are much too big for the pumps to handle, so a flanking overtopping event would mean severe flooding for Back Bay, parts of Cambridge, and the Mystic Basin out to Alewife. Discussion as to how to reduce the risk of flanking and overtopping are underway in both Boston and Cambridge. The risks depend on how long the overtopping event lasts and how much water actually flows upstream. A few weeks ago, DCR educated the legislature about a much more proximate risk. Even a brief overtopping event could severely damage, even cripple, the pumping systems of the dams. Salt water could quickly flood into critical electrical and mechanical areas that are just not designed to get wet. The damage could reach $150 million to repair, and the entire region would be vulnerable until the repairs were complete. Over to
0: you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Epstein sworn in as town's newest selectman by Joanna K. Zavalis. In less than 12 hours after learning he had won the selectman seat by 128 votes in Belmont's annual town election on April the 2nd, Roy Epstein was sworn in by town clerk Ellen O'Brien Cushman at 8 a.m. and immediately attended his first selectman meeting. Epstein said he submitted his letter of resignation to the Warrant Committee which he served on since 2007 and as chairman since uh, 2016. The first order of business at the April 3rd Selectman meeting was to reorganize the board per the operational rules adopted last year. A selectman will become the chairman in the second year of service and vice chairman in the third year of service. Thomas Caputo is now the chairman and Adam Dash is the vice-chairman. Caputo will remain the chairman of the Belmont Municipal Light Board until September, at which time Epstein will become the chairman of the Light Board and Dash will become the vice-chairman. Following the reorganization, Caputo assigned liaison and ex-officio appointments for the vacancies left behind by outgoing Selectman Mark Paolillo who served on the board nine years. Epstein will be the liaison to the Community Preservation Committee, the Light Board Advisory Committee, Community Path Project Committee, Conservation Commission, MBTA Advisory Board, Permanent Audit Committee, and Capital Endowment Committee. Dash will be on the liaison for the Board of Library of Trustees, Council on Aging, Belmont Business Study, Recreation Commission, and Capital Budget Committee. Caputo will be, on, will be the liaison for the Warrant Committee, School Committee, High School Building Committee, Fiscal Task Force 2, and High School Traffic Working Group. And now over to Claire.
1: Thanks, Bob. Council on Aging presents award to Basic Chenery. On April 1st, the Belmont COA presented Basic After School Educational Collaborative Chenery with its Excellence in Intergenerational Programs Award. Present to receive the award was Amber Tillerson, Community Outreach Coordinator for the collaborative. Nava Niv Vogel, Director of the COA, stated that basic chennery was chosen for this award because tillerson and her team reached out initially to provide decorations and crafted boxes of cookies for seniors at the annual veterans breakfast in november dana levitt coa assistant director worked with tillerson on the coordination of these projects she stated that the veterans breakfast project was the start of multiple collaborations which included children making cards for seniors on Valentine's Day and a planned upcoming interactive program whereby seniors and children will make crafts together. This award is granted on an annual or biannual basis to a school or children's program in Belmont that demonstrates interest in reaching out to the COA for the purpose of providing intergenerational programs. The recipient of the award is one who develops at least one high-quality program aimed to engage seniors with young people so that that they can learn from one another. Now, here's Max.
2: Thank you, Claire. Library seeking first-hand memories of the moon landing. The Belmont Public Library will interview residents who have first-hand memories of the moon landing in celebration of the 50th anniversary. If a resident would like to be interviewed about their memories, they should contact N-M-C-C-O-L-M at minlib.net, M-I-N-L-I-B.net, or JTSuvellis at wickedlocal.com. Back to you, Bob.
0: Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont.